Turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. And uh, we're getting to know these verses very well uh, by now uh, because we've been on this progressive journey over the last couple of months all about running the race that God has for us. And uh, it's a race that's individual, it's a race that's um, corporate as a church community. And I encourage you again, as Nimi said earlier, um, after the service, I want to encourage you to do one of two things, actually to do both. Um, to firstly stick around, grab a tea and coffee and have conversation with people. Uh, but then about half 12, we're going to head out to our community. And it is so much fun just to connect with our community, just to bless them. There's something about blessing. You know, the Bible says it's a biblical thing that those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And you know what? It may just be a little box of chocolates, but actually reaching out and saying, here's a gift from Family Church, um, does something within you, seeing that smile upon their face, breaking down the barriers that may be between church and community. And so I really encourage you to be involved in uh, both of those things. And also, as I mentioned in the weekly email, this week we've got our first ever um, kids club that we're running for the community and I want to encourage you please be in prayer especially Wednesday and Thursday um, for us to really connect with those children um, but also with the parents as they drop off and that we can build um, great relationships so as a church as a community we're running our best lap yet and so on Sunday mornings we've been spending time haven't we in Hebrews chapter 12 and looking at different facets of these verses and pulling out different aspects um, of it, we've spoken about the fact that this race is a race of faith. We've spoken about all these things that can so easily weigh us down or slow us down and trip us up, these sins that so easily entangle us, and how they can slow us down in the race that we are running for God. We've looked um, at our response in the race and our reactions in the race. Last week, Pastor Stacy from Ramp Church Manchester shared a great word all about uh, the Holy Spirit being our coach in the race. And so there's so many different facets uh, that we've looked at and we've even had people share um, on these messages and what it's spoken um, to them when we did our Sealer Sunday. And uh, all those messages are available on the Family Church app or via the website family.church. But let's read this verse again this morning and then we're going to pick out another aspect of it. So Hebrews chapter 12 Verse 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance. Everybody say, run with endurance. Run with endurance. Run with endurance. The race God has set before us to run. Now today I want to pick out another aspect of that verse and it's that aspect that I just got you to repeat. I want to talk about running with endurance. What it is to run with endurance and come off the back a little bit of Pastor Stacy's message um, last week. Now I don't know um, what your relationship is physically, not spiritually, but physically with running. And we've talked about this a number of times over this series. Some of you um, love running. The rest of us are normal. And I say that with my tongue firmly in my cheek. Um, and those people will know that I'm saying it with my tongue firmly in my cheek. But uh, what's something that we all know, whether we're runners or not, whether your running is um, doing long distance or whether it's running for the bus if you're a little bit late or when the £5 note comes out of your wallet, suddenly we all know how to run in those moments when you're about to lose money. But something we all know about real running, not running for the bus, but real running, is that it requires endurance. It's a lot easier 
to run a short distance than it is to run a marathon. It doesn't take a genius to work that out. Some of you have run marathons and it's an incredible achievement for you to have done that. But it takes a whole lot more effort to do that than it is to walk or run down the end of Botley Drive. It's a whole lot easier to run when the sun is shining and the conditions are perfect than it is when it's cold and wet and miserable. And I'm speaking from personal experience today because left to my own devices, um, I would be what we would term um, a short distance fair weather runner. In other words, as long as the temperature is just about right, I'd say about like 13 degrees Celsius, not too hot, not too cold. As long as the sun is shining but it's not too bright or I've got some shades, then I'm okay. And as long as the distance is about 50 meters, then that's a good run. And that's why um, I have people in my life, like Pastor Stacy spoke about last week, who um, encourage, would be the nice word, who force me um, to go running because they know um, that it is good for me. And so um, there's one particular friend and we go running pretty much um, every week. And even as I say every week, Kirsty's probably sat there going, you haven't run for a couple of months. <laughs> but he's been injured. So it's his fault. Um, otherwise I would have been running but it's, it's his fault that he's injured and he has suggested I can run by myself but I've chosen to have selective hearing in those moments but, but because of our schedules and because uh, we're both busy in different ways we actually run at 5.45am and uh, I was expecting like a ooh okay Let, let's rewind a little bit so we actually go running at 5.45am yes it's still not what I was thinking in my mind, but okay, fair enough. So we go at that time, and um, it's in the winter, it's cold, it's dark. It's because I have to drive to where we run, I have to sometimes come out. And the worst moment is you come out, and, and I'm about to get in the car, and suddenly you look around, and everything is frosted over. So you, I'm stood there in my shorts, doing this, thinking, and, and also trying to be quiet, because no one else is around, and so these neighbours have got this irritating, scraping noise that's going on. And I get there when we run and it's cold and it's wet and I don't want to be there. And he's chatting away. And if you never put he's chatting away like, you know, there's no tomorrow. But actually, when we get to the end of it, I'm glad I endured because I realized that actually it is good for me. And we can sometimes be in life fair weather, short distance runners. It's easy to run when conditions are as we want them. But how about when they're not. Some of you, as I've been talking about this, you're getting flashbacks to like school and cross country and, and some of you are breaking out in cold sweat. So let's move on very quickly. But as it is in physical running, so it can be when we run this race of faith. That it's easy to run when the conditions of life are exactly as we want them. But actually, how about when it's not? Life is made up of differing seasons. And sometimes we're going to go through seasons where we need what the writer of Hebrews talks about, we need this thing called endurance, this ability to endure. Now, I believe that for some people this morning, this word is going to be a word that's going to be feeling like it's directly for you. You know when you're sat in church and it feels like the Holy Spirit is communicating to you, you're the only person in the room, you wonder how somebody knows so much about you. The Holy Spirit communicates to you through the words that are shared. And I believe that for some people, this is going to be one of those types of mornings. Because I just as I was preparing, felt that some of you are on the edge of quitting. Some of you have been running so hard, and yet it all feels so much. And you just feel like you want to sit down, throw in the towel, say, I am out of a race. You've been running so hard, but it feels so hard upon you. And you want to quit. 
For some, that may be in the area of your marriage, where you've been putting so much in, so much in, getting very little out, and you don't know which way to turn. For some of you, in your relationship with your kids, you don't know which way to turn. For some of you, you had a dream, an aspiration that you really felt was God-given, and yet it isn't coming to pass in your life. For some, it's in your career. For some, it's a a health issue where you've just got to the point of acceptance. You've been running and running and believing God over that health issue. Nothing is changing. And you've come to a point of acceptance, thrown in the towel. Nothing is going to change. For some, it's a habit or an addiction that you can't overcome. For others, it's the salvation of a loved one. You've been praying for them and praying. And the more you pray, the more it seems that they're drifting further away from God, not coming closer to the kingdom of God. For some of you, it's a race altogether. It's your faith. This race is a race of faith and you're questioning your faith altogether. Where is God in all of this? Where has he been in this season that I've been journeying through? You question whether you really believe what you've always said you believe. And dare I say it, for some of you, it may even be life itself. But in a room this size with this many people, statistically, that some people may be here this morning questioning do I even want to run any more in life that you wake up each morning and it's a burden just to get through the day and you may be here today looking on the outside like you've got it all together like everything is right but within you you know that you are struggling and you want to quit listen we know God has set a race for us to run if you don't know that then you're even new this morning in fact welcome Uh, otherwise you've just slept through every single message that we've preached over the last couple of months. We have a race to run, and sometimes that race is going to require effort and commitment. You see, running is an active thing. It's not a passive thing. Running is active, and as we run, there will be challenges on our run. That's not me being negative. That's not um, me being on a downer this morning. Jesus said, in this world, you will face trials. So when we face trials, we shouldn't be surprised because Jesus said we will face trials. And in fact, this is the news that sometimes we don't like so much. He said when you become a Christian, sometimes it's even going to be harder than before you were a Christian. In this world, you will face trials. There is a world that's coming when we will be in heaven with our maker where there is none of this stuff. But in this natural fallen world, there will be trials. And sometimes we will go through seasons where we need endurance, where we need perseverance now that word endurance or perseverance whatever it is in your bible and your translation is this word originally hupomene and we're going to put up the the description of the definition on the screen hupomene means this it's the characteristic of a person who is not swerved from their deliberate purpose and their loyalty to faith by even the greatest trials and sufferings that's what the original word meant in other words It's somebody who will remain faithful. It's somebody who will keep believing, even in the hardest of seasons and trials and sufferings. Another definition of endurance is this. It's the ability to do something for a long time, even through periods of difficulty and stress. Now, here's the good news. For those who choose to endure, the Bible makes it clear, it will always be worth it. Just like a runner doing the London Marathon, and when they're stood there at the end and they've got the medal around their neck, they are glad that they endured. 
they are glad that they persevered. They may have hated every moment of it. They may throw their trainers in the bin and say, I'm never going to run a moment again in my life. But they will be glad that they endured and persevered in that moment. Listen, as Pastor Stacy said so well last week, when we go through trials, do you know the Holy Spirit, what he's doing within you and through you, it is always for your good. It is always for your growth and it is always for his glory. And when we choose to endure it, it will be worth it. Listen to some of these verses. Romans 5, verse 3 to 4. It says, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. James, 3, James 1, verse 3 to 4. These are the verses that sometimes we like to skip over. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. James 1, verse 12. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive a crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. There's many verses that we could look at, but God's word is saying this, that if we choose to endure, it will produce godly character within us. When we choose to endure, we'll be mature in Christ, lacking nothing. When we choose to endure, we'll gain a perspective of hope and ultimately we'll receive the crown of life. It is always worth enduring. And so in the time that we've got left this morning, here's what I want us to do. I want us to look at different seasons of life. I've just picked out a few seasons. There's many that we could look at. And we're going to look at how we endure, what the Bible says about how we endure and persevere in those seasons. Now, as we do, here's a question that I want to ask you. Again, this is going to come up on the screen. I want you to be thinking on this question as you journey through these thoughts. And note it down if you're taking notes this morning. Am I a fair weather follower of Jesus? Or am I going to keep running in all seasons? Am I a fair weather follower of Jesus? Or will I keep running in all seasons? In other words, will you only run the race? And will you only truly follow Jesus when life is exactly as you want it? When the conditions of your life are perfect for running the race of faith? Or will you keep running the race of faith no matter what life throws at you and no matter what seasons you may be in? Will I keep running in all seasons? So let's look at some of those seasons. The first season I want to talk about is the mundane seasons. The mundane seasons. You know, sometimes to go back to the physical example of running, when you think of a long run, people set off and it's fun and they're enjoying it. But after a little while, if the scenery isn't all that great and you're running mile after mile after mile, unless you're really into it, it can get dull. It can get monotonous, it can get boring, it can be so mundane, running mile after mile after mile. And for some people, their problem in their race for God isn't so much the difficult seasons. They actually struggle more with the mundane seasons of life. Some of you today are in that season, that season where nothing seems to be happening. Those seasons that, dare we say, it feel mundane, when one day merges into another day. When one month becomes another month and there doesn't seem to be any purpose to your life. You are running, but there doesn't seem to be any purpose. Some of you are in that season right now. There's not a lot going on 
in your life, so it seems. It feels like you are drifting. It feels like you're going through the motions in your life. It feels like you're going through the motions in your walk and your relationship with God. It feels like your life lacks any sense of purpose or meaning. It feels like you are just coasting. You're on autopilot, cruise control, whatever term you want to use. And it feels like it wouldn't really hurt to sit this next lap out. And for everybody else to keep running... But you're just going to watch everybody else run and you're just going to sit this next lap out because it's just not for you anymore. Now, for many people, this feeling has been exasperated by what we've gone through over the last two years, right? Lockdown and COVID and all that, it was like Groundhog Day, right? You did the same thing day after day. And and for those who love routine, you loved it. But for others, you struggled with it. But we were in this Groundhog Day of every day looking exactly like the same. And do you know what? I believe that many people have come out of COVID time and have actually shrunk their life. And so they're in a season that feels so dry and so mundane and lacking purpose. And yet here's the thing. With God, no season can ever be described as mundane. No season can be mundane. No lap should ever feel like it's a chore. But if we're going to stay the course and keep running the race of faith, do you know what? You can still find purpose even in what's predictable. And you can believe to see miracles even in what you would class as mundane. If we would wake up every morning realizing this is the day the Lord has made, I will rejoice and be glad in it. If we were to wake up every morning and say, do you know what? What I sang on Sunday about the Spirit of God being in me, it's true today. And so the Holy Spirit is in me and wants to work through me. Do you know what? What could seem like a mundane day could turn into something miraculous and life-changing for you and for other people. So you can be walking to, to school, walking your child to school to drop them off at the gate. And you're just like, oh, I do this every day. It's so mundane. And if you're alert to what the Holy Spirit's wanting to do, the, word, the Holy Spirit could give you a word of knowledge for another parent at the school gate. Now, that doesn't mean you suddenly put a cape on, turn weird and freaky, and everyone runs away from you. It can seem as normal. Do you know what? Um, I have a faith, and I just believe God's saying this. Now, what's the worst that could happen? They turn around and go, no, means nothing. But actually, if the Holy Spirit is speaking through you, what could actually transform that person's life in that moment? And suddenly something that was so mundane suddenly becomes so different. You could be sat over lunch speaking with a colleague and they're talking about repetitive headaches that they keep getting. And it doesn't mean you suddenly go, oh, I'm going to just run over here and get my oil from Israel. I'm just going to pop home and come. You say, do you know what? I'm a Christian and... You know, especially if you build a relationship with them. You know I'm a Christian. I don't want this to be weird, but can I pray for you? Who knows what could happen in that moment if you stopped looking at things as mundane? Who knows what could happen? And this is why I dare to hold on to cool waiting. Who knows what could happen if you were to have a conversation and even the phone call of an insurance person dealing with your claim? The Tesco delivery driver. Who knows? Just one sentence. It doesn't mean you have to get... Just one sentence, one statement that you make in that moment. Who knows how much that could draw them closer to the kingdom of God. Just one step closer to the kingdom. If we would stop seeing every day as mundane. But you see, here's the problem. So many Christians have made their relationship with God about big, momentous, emotional-filled moments. Now, thank God for conferences where the Holy Spirit moves powerfully. Thank God for prayer meetings where you you go there and somebody gives you a powerful prophetic word. But we cannot live off those moments. 
Because the Christian faith is an everyday thing. We are running the race of faith every single day. We don't put on our Christian trainers on a Sunday morning. Okay, at least we shouldn't do. We don't, you know, when we're going to worship now, oh, I'll put on my Christian trainers now, I'm going to run the race. Every single day is an opportunity to be used by God. It is a daily run. And amazing happenings can begin to happen when we look beyond the normal moment that stood before us. Amen? Listen to these verses, Colossians 3, 17. Whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Colossians 3, 23, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. 1 Corinthians 10, 31, so whether you eat or drink, just normal everyday things, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, no matter how mundane it is, do it all for the glory of God. Of God. Your running for God should affect your life, whether you're in church, whether you're at work, whether you're unloading the dishwasher. We don't turn on and off being a Christian. We are a follower of Jesus Christ in all seasons, even the mundane seasons of life. So here's a challenge for you this week. I want to challenge you because we don't preach for just Sunday morning revelation. We pray, we preach and pray for transformation throughout your week. So this week, Look at your week, go through your week, which may seem so routine, so mundane, and believe for God to work for it. Just normal conversations, just normal statements that you make, just a text that you send that God could use to make a difference. Now, another season that we go through is what could easily be termed a stormy season. Mark 4, we know this account, Mark 4, 35 to 39, let me just read it through, the storm that Jesus and his disciples faced. It says, As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat. It began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. And the disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Okay, so Mark describes this moment where it's a normal everyday evening. The disciples get into the boat. Jesus gets in. He seems to have a power nap, which is great for you fans of power naps. So even Jesus did it. And then in verse 37, we come to the statement, But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Now, as we've said before when looking at this passage, this can be such a description, a picture of how life can be for us, that we're journeying through life. Everything seems so normal and every day. And suddenly, out of nowhere, sometimes you see them on the horizon, suddenly they seem to just appear. There was a storm that came in your life. For some of you, you went to the doctor, it was a routine checkup, or you went because you were concerned about something, now they're doing tests, and it's leading into something else, and there's a storm that seems to be brewing around your life. For others of you, maybe it's redundancy, that you opened up your mail or you looked at an email and suddenly out of nowhere, workplace is making changes and redundancies and it feels like a storm is gathering all around you. For some of you, you had a plan and that plan, for whatever reason, has been flipped on its head. For some of you, everything seemed to be fine and suddenly you broke down in depression. And depression has got a hold of your life seemingly out of nowhere. For some of you, it's a financial storm 
that you're in. And with each passing day, as you keep getting more and more bills, it feels like there's more and more water coming into the, the boat of your life. For some of you, it's somebody close to you got sick. Somebody close to you is struggling. And it feels like there is a storm. Make your own application. We all know the reality to one degree or another of what it is to be in a season that feels like a storm. What it is to be in a season where for one reason or another and one way or another, we just want to quit. And in those seasons, we can take the attitude of verse 38. Teacher, don't you care that I'm going to drown? Now notice these fishermen would have been in many different storms over many different years, yet in this moment they believe they're going to drown. I don't believe it was necessarily a worse storm that they'd experienced. I believe this, that storms skew your perspective. And even though you've seen God do something before, when you're in the midst of a storm, suddenly it can feel like you will still drown. Some of you today are saying, God, don't you care that I'm overwhelmed in this season? God, don't you care that I'm in the midst of this storm? See, it's in the midst of this storm when sometimes you're praying and you're praying and you're praying and the storm isn't going away. The storm is actually getting worse. It's in those seasons that the issue of trust rises up. Do I still trust God even when the storm clouds are around me and it feels like everything is going wrong? Now we know that the passage continues and Jesus stands up in the boat and he speaks to the wind and the waves. He says, peace be still. But Jesus says something else. He rebukes the disciples for their lack of faith. He says, why, even though I was with you, did you believe you were going to drown? Now catch this. The disciples had seen Jesus do miracles. The disciples had seen him cast out demons. He'd, he'd made the, the blind eyes open. He'd done things that they'd never seen or even heard of before. And yet here's a natural storm and he's in the boat with them and they think he's, they're, they're going to drown. They believe they're going to be defeated by this storm in this moment. How often do we do the same? We sing about God's power being in us on a Sunday morning and we love singing that, but on Wednesday afternoon we feel like we're overwhelmed by the storm and we want to quit. Even though we know this God. It's often in the storms that Jesus is able to prove himself as Lord. Do we trust him? that he can use even the stormy seasons for our good, for our growth, and for his glory. The final season I want to look at is a season of failure. But sometimes the hardest time to keep going, the hardest time to keep running and persevere is when we know that we failed. In Luke 22, you can read it in your own time. We read of Peter, one of the most passionate disciples of Jesus, deny the very knowledge of his saviour three times. And in verse 61, we see this moment where he realises his failure. It says, at that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter and suddenly the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. And Peter left the courtyard, weeping bitterly. You see, even when you've been walking with Jesus a while, like Peter had done, you can still fail. And even when you've seen God at work so often, like Peter had done as well, you can still deny Jesus. And for some of you today, you feel like you're in a season of failure, where you've let God down. You've let others down. 
And as you're running, all that you're hearing in your ear is the condemning voice of the enemy. You will never be the runner. You will never be the person that God needs you to be. And so we are left with a choice. Are we going to quit? Are we going to sit out this next lap? Or are we going to allow the grace of God to empower us to get back up again on our feet and begin to run this race that has been set before us, knowing that our God can still use us if we're willing to ride the mundane and keep going in the storm, and if we're willing to brush ourselves down from failure and get going again, trusting in Him. Are we going to be just fair weather followers of Jesus, or are we going to choose to endure, to persevere, to keep running, no matter what season we find ourselves in. Now, for some of you today, you say, oh, I I like all of that, I get all of that, and I want to keep running, but I'm not sure how to keep going. I I don't know right now how to keep going. Listen, what do we do in a season that we don't know how to endure in? How do we keep going? How do we keep running in seasons that seem to overwhelm us? It it sounds so simple, yet it can be difficult, but with the Holy Spirit's help, you can do this. Do you know what we do? We put one foot in front of another. We put one foot in front of another. What, What is it when somebody's on mile 22 of their race and they just cannot keep going? All that they need to do is keep putting one foot in front of the other. The Bible describes our relationship with God in so many different ways. A journey, a pilgrimage, a walk, a run, and all those things have this in common. Forward movement. Forward movement with God. In other words, it doesn't matter what season we're in or the conditions of our life, we have to keep moving forward with God. So as we close, here's some practical things. Four very quick things I want to encourage you to keep doing in this season. Number one, keep praying. Keep praying. You may feel like, I don't know, I just want to quit. Keep praying in this season. Prayer changes the situation, but prayer also changes us. Prayer strengthens us. Those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. That's why in a hard season, the first thing the enemy tries to get you to stop doing is to pray. Because even he knows the power of it. Jesus said this in Luke 18 verse 1. It says, One day Jesus told his disciples a story that they should always pray and never give up. Other translations put it that way. Never lose heart, which in the original language meant this. I've shared this before. It meant don't lose heart. Don't grow wearied and don't grow exhausted. Some of you today are exhausted in prayer. You've prayed every prayer you know how to pray. I want to encourage you, keep praying, keep going. Don't lose heart because as we've shared on before, there's a whole lot more going on in the spiritual than you can see in the natural. If we want to be marked by endurance, one thing we've got to keep doing in all seasons is keep praying. Number two, keep showing up. Keep showing up. Remain consistent in your life. Keep showing up in that relationship that has become so one-sided. Keep loving your children even when they're rejecting you. Keep being generous with your time and your words and your actions and your finances when it feels like you're getting nothing in return. Keep seeking God 
Even when it feels like you're not getting any answers. Keep believing for that miracle even when you see no evidence before you. Keep connected to God's people even when all you want to do within you is hide away. Keep being in God's word even when it's a struggle. Keep showing up. Galatians 6 verse 9. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time. God is never too early. God is never too late, even though he is on our time. But at his perfect time and at just the right time, we will reap a harvest. Everybody say, I will reap a harvest. We will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't, what? If we don't give up. Keep showing up in your life and in what God is calling you to do. Third thing, keep trusting. Writer of Proverbs says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. In other words, keep trusting (laughs) that God can use even the most mundane seasons of your life. Keep trusting him in the midst of a storm. Keep trusting that he can still use you even the chapter after you have failed him. Keep trusting And finally, number four, and we'll end with this. Keep looking at Jesus. The writer of Hebrews says we're to run this race with endurance. And he goes on and he says, keeping our eyes on Jesus. See, it's when we take our eyes off Jesus that we lose focus. It's when we take our eyes off Jesus that everything becomes so hard. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. It's, do you know, we get overwhelmed by the temporary. It all becomes too much for us. The temporary things become so big and so seemingly important and so overwhelming. Why do we get wrapped up in the temporary? Because we've taken our eyes off the eternal. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Whatever your season is right now, be it a, a great season. Some of you, You're in the best season of your life. God wants to use that. Some of you, it's a painful season. Some of you, it's an indifferent season. Some of you, it's a mundane season. It's a stormy season. For some of you, it's a season of failure and hurt and loss. God's word to you and my encouragement to you today is this. Don't quit. Don't stop running the race. Because as we run with endurance, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. We'll end with this, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18. Paul writes to the church in Corinth, and we don't have time to go into it, but boy, did Paul have to endure some stuff. Well, we make Christianity in the 21st century about ease and how comfortable we are and how great life is. Look at Paul's CV, see what he went through. And yet he was a man who chose to continue to endure, keeping his eyes on Jesus. He says this to the church in Corinth, that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small. And they won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. And I've added this. We don't get bogged down in the mundane. We don't get overwhelmed by the storm. We don't get defeated by failure. 
Paul picks back up. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. Just close your eyes in this place. I just want you in this moment, just before I pray for you, to ask the question, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me through this word? What are you personally saying to me? Not, what are you saying to family, church, haven't as a whole, or to the people in my row. What are you, Holy Spirit, saying to me? What area of my life was I maybe on the verge of quitting or giving up on? What season am I going through that you're speaking into right now? Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you speak one message from the stage, but yet you're speaking so many different messages into the hearts of men and women here this morning. Thank you, Lord, that you take these words and you do something in the hearts of people. Thank you, Lord, that your promise is that the word that is sent out will never return void. So, Father, I thank you for seed, time, and harvest. Lord, I thank you for this seed landing in people's hearts today. And, Lord, I pray that over the coming days, over the coming weeks, that time element, that, Holy Spirit, you will continue to work in this message and through this message, that we will see a harvest. Lord, I pray for anybody here today who wanted, came into this place and wanted to quit wanted to quit on their walk with you, wanted to quit on a relationship, wanted to quit on an aspect of their life that you are in charge of and doing something in. Lord, I thank you that you would empower them to endure and to keep growing. Lord, the only thing we want to give up on is any sin that's entangling us. The only thing we want to quit from are those bondages that have got a hold of our lives. Lord, anything else that's of you, we want to keep running with endurance for race that you have set before us. And Lord, as we step into this Easter week, We don't want this to just be a week where we keep our eyes on you, Jesus, because it's a a fashionable thing to do at Easter. We want our life to be all about looking to you, the author and the finisher of of our faith. So Lord, as people look to you this morning, I thank you that they get the courage and the strength and the support to keep running the race. Lord, thank you that you're the same God yesterday, today and forever, the Alpha and the Omega. God, you're the same God who was in our season of triumph now that we're in a moment of failure. You're the same God who was with us in our health as you are in our sickness. God, you're the same God who transcends every season that we walk in. Lord, and your word declares, blessed is the man who sets their hearts on pilgrimage. Not who does one lap, but who runs every lap that you have set before us until we see you face to face. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that we will reap a harvest. Lord, just as we close, I just want to pray as we step out to give out these gifts today, Lord. Would you be in that, Lord? Would it be more than just giving a box of chocolates? Holy Spirit, would you be in conversations? Would you lead us? Would you prompt us, we pray? And Lord, where we maybe have knocked on doors several times over many years now, Lord, 
and there hasn't been a response or reaction, Lord, I thank you that as we choose to keep going, as we choose to keep running, seed, time and harvest, Lord, as we don't grow weary and doing good, Lord, we will see a kingdom harvest. Lord, I thank you that doors that may have been just stuck, doors that may have been impossible to go beyond, conversations that weren't happening, Lord, today we will begin to see a harvest in this community. Father, thank you for the time together, Lord, for fellowship, for worship, for your word. Lord, thank you for church and Lord, for all the kids and the youth, Lord, I thank you that the word has been spoken into their hearts as well this morning. Lord, be with us. I speak blessing over every single life in this place this morning. May they be blessed in their coming and their going this week. May everything that they put their hand to be blessed. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. And amen. Come on, give God applause for what he's going to do in your life this morning.